a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you ready? What's going on here? Resistance is futile. This, indeed you are, Paul, is... in my hand, Fan Effect. Welcome to another episode of Fan Effect, brought to you by Utah's premier entertainment experience, the Megaplex Theaters. I am your host, Kellyanne Halverson, and soon, hopefully, we'll be joined by my co-host, Andy Farnsworth, who's running a little bit late today. But not late today is this amazing film we are talking about. We're discussing an out-of-the-world movie based on an iconic character that I had the pleasure of growing up with. Uh, We are talking Disney Pixar's Lightyear, which hits the theaters this Friday. In this feature, we learn more about the human side versus the toy side of this zealous space ranger. And I'm so excited today because we are joined today by a special guest, a former Disney Parks cast member, an artist, and fellow Disney nerd, Brooke Larson Whipple. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Hi, Kellyanne. (laughs) How's it going? I'm so excited. I'm, I'm just excited to talk with you. I've been thinking about getting you on here for months so it's been a good thing (laughs) yeah like you said i'm a former disney cast member i've worked in florida and in california my california stint was a little bit longer i did attractions in california adventure and ended as an artist in the animation academy which was a blast so this show is a blast as well we're talking about lightyear and it's right up your alley because it is animated. It is Disney. It's a legacy character. We're, we're seeing kind of the origins of why Andy wanted to get this toy uh, is what the movie Lightyear is about. This segment is going to be spoiler free. And then we'll deep dive a little bit more in the final two segments of the show. So as a cast member, as an artist, as a Disney movie and then a Pixar fan, did you like the movie, Brooke? I did. I was a little skeptical, honestly. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved the first trilogy. I loved where, like, Andy leaving off the toys with Bonnie, like, Mm -hmm. ended. Four, I I got behind afterwards. Like, I really wasn't sure about it. Mm -hmm. And then when they were like, we're delving into the world again, I was like, why are we still going back (laughs) into this? I thought we were done. I was like, we keep leaving it in these great spots. Why are we like, oh, just leave it alone. Mm -hmm. And so, so I was a little skeptical. But then the more I found out about the premise that this is Andy's favorite movie, Mm -hmm. this is what the toy buzz is based off of. I was like, oh, well, that's actually really interesting and I want to know more. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then after watching it, it did not disappoint. I thought it was fantastic. You know, I I was kind of the same as you. Why do we need this movie? Why is this important? And then as more details came forward. So, you know, this is the movie that was Andy's favorite movie. And so this is why he got Buzz Lightyear, the toy, the Space Ranger. So it delves more into that human story of sci-fi, action, animation, just really fun film that Buzz, the toy, is based upon. So what's happened is you have Space Ranger Buzz 
on a mission with all the other space rangers. They're trying to go someplace, but there's something that just distracts the computer. So they decide to stop on that planet and just kind of craziness happens and they end up kind of stuck there. And he has to take on this adventure in order to get off the planet, in order to save the day. You learn more about him. He meets this ragtag team of people uh, and a robot companion. Uh, That's a cat, which is like, I'm not a cat person. That cat's like my favorite part. Socks is like my favorite part of the film. And so it's this traditional sci-fi journey of we have to save the day. We have to fight the bad guy, which, of course, is, you know, Zerg in order to to save the, the group that's there. So did you think the film lived up to the legacy of the character? I think it did. I think that Pixar did an incredible job, you know, because the toy is based off of this character, but Mm -hmm. the character is coming later. But I think they did a really good job, like, flushing out the story Mm -hmm. of the character that we already know. That it was true to the buzz that we grew up with, that Mm -hmm. everybody's familiar with. It's so iconic. Well, you see in the trailer, like, not only is he saying the same lines and everything and, you know, some of the little karate moves that he does and everything, it really is buzz. It's just a more human buzz, you know, a little bit more polished. He's not as blocky as a toy version, (laughs) but he's still just as dramatic. He's still just as quirky, and he still has that strong, courageous, you know, feel to him as the hero of the film. Mm -hmm. And the character is recognizable, too, like... Because they had to go from the toy version to the, the human and also building his relationships besides Woody and the characters that we know that are also very identifiable. And I think what was so great about doing that is the movie holds up on its own. You don't have to be a fan of Toy Story or, or I don't know, even seen Toy Story in order to enjoy this film. No, absolutely. It's definitely its own film. It's a sci-fi it's got action, it's got adventure, it's mm-hmm. got the the quirky sidekicks, it's got the fun hat that makes all the adorable sounds. Oh my gosh, those sounds. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, and yes, yes, it definitely has the quirky sidekick. Well, the technology has just skyrocketed since the first Toy Story. Oh my like, gosh, even yes. from Because <laughs> like, of course I had to watch the first <laughs> films before I watched this one because I'm that kind of a nerd. Um, <laughs> That's why we get along. But just seeing the development of the animation is Mm -hmm. phenomenal. And, you know, Buzz's hair. Like, they would never have been able to do Buzz's hair way back when. Mm -hmm. And how smooth and flushed out all the animation was now, it's incredible. And it's hard to start differentiating between, like, the Mm -hmm. backgrounds because it's gotten so detailed and so realistic in the animation that it's like, Oh, wait, no, this is animation. Like, <laughs> Right? Well, and even the cinematography, there's so many shots that are just beautiful on its own that are so realistic, except there's a very animated buzz standing in the, the scene as well. Even the soundtrack, it stands up on its own, like, sci-fi soundtrack that would, you know, stand head-to-head with some of the more iconic, you know, John Williams soundtracks. It, it really just added to the cinematography of it. And, like, yeah, this isn't a film... That would have been really made in 1995. It's definitely more geared toward modern storytelling. And hey, we're just joined by Andy. Andy, hey. welcome. Yeah, sorry, I'm late. <laughs> Start say everything you've said all over again now. <laughs> just kidding. Well, we basically said it's brilliant, and we want to see it again. Really? Um, we're in we're in the spoiler free segment. You're going with brilliant. Uh, I lo- I thought it was so fun. I really really enjoyed it. And you've um, already said why? A, a bit. 
Okay, because I was going to say, I'm, I'm curious. I thought it was a better than average sci-fi movie that really was helped by the fact that it was a an IP that people are familiar with. Mm-hmm. If this wasn't Buzz Lightyear from Star Command, how interested would you have been in this movie? I think I still would have been pretty interested because I No, but I would love- you have gone to see it? Not that oh, yeah. after you watched it, you'd have been like, oh, okay, that's pretty good. How interested would you be in going to see an animated movie about uh, John Spaceman from Mars? <laughs> Um, well, I'm a sci-fi fan, so I would go see it. Okay. I'd probably read the book it's based on first, and then oh. I would go see it. Okay. But that Although is... there was no book for this one. <laughs> there so was no was book. this was an original, quote-unquote original. I, I probably would, because I, I like the cat character. Well, but <laughs> I didn't know about the in. cat character. Did you not watch the trailers? I didn't. Okay, Andy didn't watch the trailer, so he has a different experience than, than Right, us. so I just went in, okay, I know it's going to be based on Buzz Lightyear, mm-hmm. and, and it was. That's why I say it's, it's a better than average. It's not just the, oh, it was blah. It was better than average. Mm-hmm. I thought that the story itself was, was actually a pretty good story. Right? This, you know, the idea, which I guess we'll talk about more in spoilers, but mm-hmm. just the basic plot of you're not aging and everybody else around you is, yeah, which see. I think you can say safely without spoiling anything, but, um, you know, the whole dynamic that that created was was interesting and it was mm-hmm. definitely sci-fi and you know because this was the hit movie that Andy watched <laughs> uh that's a whole other story but mm-hmm. um that he supposedly watched in 1995 that he would want a toy from mm-hmm. uh it worked as far as that goes like I can see why you would want a Buzz Lightyear toy mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. so all of those things worked but it just didn't like it didn't grab me like as I'm watching it I'm like eh, it's all right Really? Yeah, but I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I just love this, and I—that's why I thought, if this wasn't Buzz Lightyear, I might care, I might not care. Mm-hmm. But if you're like an so eight-year-old and everyone helps. else is watching it, everyone's well, right, talking about it. Well, but that's just—that's just the hype buildup for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you but tell me, are your favorite movies the movies that people hyped up for you before you saw them, or the ones that snuck up on you? The ones that snuck up on me. Yeah. So. You know, Sere- like, like Serenity and Firefly. I, I, I still l- haven't watched those. <gasps> I have them all ready to go in the order <laughs> you're supposed to watch them. I just haven't done it yet. <laughs> See, I would have gone into it because I love sci-fi. I love that the fact that there was some strong female characters shown in it. The cat would have been hilarious. I would have yeah, gone to I it. and I loved the cat. That was right? my favorite part. That was part, the best part. Meow, 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 scanning. <laughs> that was funny. What did you break that was my cat? Funny. It's purring. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I probably would have gone into it and loved it. I think it adds even more to it that it is that it's Buzz. That's someone and it's love. Disney and it's and Pixar. It's Disney. But so like even those other elements are going of it. for it for you going in. Yes, but even the other elements of it, the cinematography of it, the sound of it, the villains of it, I definitely would have just fallen for it like right off the bat. So that's something I would have come in maybe not on opening night, but you know on the discount Tuesday or whatever. Okay, I would go see it. I'd be like, I'm gonna go see this again. And also, if I was a child, um, I would have even done more so. Um, and I also just like films that play with time. So right. that that time leap, time dilation, the fact they tie it to scientific, you know, e equals m c squared. The closer you get to yeah, the theory yeah, of relativity, the, yeah, all that stuff. I would have gone and, and seen it and liked it. So and see, mm-hmm. I might have, I might have waited. Like I said, it, it's the Buzz Lightyear that's the draw. Yeah. My kids, it's animated, so that would have drawn them in too. Yep, that too. But I don't know if they'd have been like, Dad, we've got to go see this. <laughs> like, I'd never heard of the bad guys, but apparently my 12-year-old son had read some of the little cartoon books that it's based on. So he's like, oh, bad guys, I really want to see that. And I'm like, you've heard yeah, of them? Because I hadn't heard of them. Of. Yeah. But it was. Mm-hmm. And so it, the question is, is if this was an original story, because this was an original mm-hmm. story, they, they essentially invented it for... 
you know, a toy character that existed in a previous movie. Mm-hmm. It was like the other half of the coin if we'd seen this movie and then we were going to have a movie made about the, the toy character <laughs> from it. Like now Disney could actually do Toy Story where the Star Wars toys come to life and you get to see how oh, the toys Oh, of course, that's what you react. want. Well, no, I know, but I, that's what this was. Bud Lightyear yeah. was the Star Wars toy. Of their, of their time. That equals well, the cowboy toy that the older generation would have passed on. We have to look at playground pressure as well. All the other kids are probably talking about it. Yeah, They're probably out in the Happy Mills. But <laughs> would they all... That's the question. To me, everything rests on that. that mm-hmm. And that's why I couldn't like it as much as you because uh-huh. I was trying to look at it of like, how would I care about this if it wasn't Buzz Lightyear? Mm-hmm. And I thought, it's cool. I mean, there, there's, there's some good writing. I liked the story. I liked the, the sci-fi elements. I, I thought that there were some really cool themes explored. I thought it balanced humor pretty well with, mm-hmm. with you know, the rest of them. I mean, you can't just have... 90 minutes of just jokes. Mm-hmm. It but, had heart. It but, had But balancing action. all those, yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, watching each character get a chance to evolve. I mean, that's what Disney and in, in principally Pixar does really well is they mm-hmm. try to give characters an arc and it seems like they work hard at that. Even, you know, the, the bad guy of the movie um, and, and how all that fits together, which we'll talk about in spoilers, mm-hmm. I thought it worked. And so it was good, but I also left going, eh, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. Really? Yeah. Oh, I'll tell totally it. I didn't anything. hate it, but I just didn't like love it, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I just didn't. I just didn't feel a connection to it, really. Oh, that may, maybe because I. So the movie came out in 1995. Right. I was about eight, nine years old when it came out. Okay. So maybe because because of that reality, I grew up with him. It took me back to being a child um, in a way of even introducing to a movie in the first place. Like Toy Story, kind of was. I think it would work better if it was up. the Buzz Lightyear toy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the nice thing about animation is you can have voices for as long as they exist. And as Obi Wan Kenobi's proving, you can have voices <laughs> even longer. I haven't seen today's episode yet. Oh, oh I have to go watch a, it. It's a it's a it's a good one. It's a, oh, okay. So Brooke, what about you? Um, do you think you would have? Yeah, Brooke, have I like made you angry somehow? This is what we need Andy in because he, he gets me to think a little harder. Andy, I thought we could be friends and now I'm not oh, sure. Oh, man, I've ruined everything. <laughs> no, um, I'm I'm a, an animation junkie no matter what. So I would have been excited about this film, whether it was Buzz Lightyear or not. Of course, it's Pixar, so I'm going to see anything Pixar. Okay. And my friends know I have a bias. Let me ask you this. What's your worst Pixar film, in your opinion? Ooh. Oh, Dinosaur. The Good Dinosaur. See, why did everybody hate that one so bad? It made me cry. It was was a a redo of Lion King. And, like, it was just... I don't (laughs) remember too much of it. No, man. It was about a kid trying to find his mark in the world. How does he fit in? It was great. I don't remember. But I knew you were going to say, I knew you were going to say Good Dinosaur, though. I knew that because that's what most Pixar fans, they all disliked it. And I just remember liking it and not sure why. For me, I didn't enjoy Moana as much as everybody else. Oh, wow. I loved it. But I love Polynesian culture, so. Well, I love it too, but Mm -hmm. I just, that one just didn't connect with me, but. Maybe it's because Good well, Dinosaur was about a boy and Moana was about a girl. I don't know. Maybe. See, and that's the thing honestly. as well. So I, I think one thing would have drawn to me, particularly as a child, even though the lead character is still a boy, it's still Buzz Lightyear, they did show female characters in it as well. So oh, yeah, that also would have pulled too. me straight oh, into it as well. And that's okay. Like I said, I'm not saying these things like, oh, you guys are stupid for liking this. I'm just saying, like, I, I'm just curious. It helps me get insight into why you like it and what, you know, I, that's mm-hmm. kind of how my brain works is I try to think, why do I like this thing that I like? Or why did I dislike this thing that I disliked? And mm-hmm. so for I, I like to ask other people and see if they've thought the same things or, or at least tried to analyze themselves mm-hmm. that same way. Well, I think also as I'm watching this film, um, 
in my mind, Andy wouldn't really be watching an animated version of it because, like, they didn't have that technology. So it kind okay, of so be transcribed into So you do have to suspend your disbelief. Right. That's a thing I think we need to get into when we talk about spoilers. That's every because... movie. Every movie, though. <laughs> well, and anytime you're going to revisit something from the past, technology will all... – I mean, that's what Star Trek is going through now on Brave New – or A Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. It's set 10 years before the 1960s Star Trek show or five mm-hmm. years before it. But – Obviously, they're not going to go and make 1960s looking special effects. I mean, mm-hmm. that would be a waste. So you're going to have to figure out how, <laughs> how to, to do that. How, you're just going to, and then part There's of it like is a just you suspending process. a little yeah. bit of your yeah. disbelief. Like mm-hmm. you just have to say, look, 1960s, 1922 or 20, 2022. It's they're not going to be, be a different. dog with a unicorn. Do horn? they at least look sort of similar? I mean, do they? I mean, if, if you change the uniforms completely, and mm-hmm. you know, you, you changed a bunch of other facts, then I could see people getting more upset. But it's like you just have to say, look, it's it's. It's where reality creeps into the fantasy. See, and we did talk about a bit that before, how even though the film wouldn't really be made in 1995 as it is. Oh, for uh, it's, sure, it's yeah. It's still made for modern audiences. and But it still has that adventure and that fun. I loved, I loved, loved, loved this music of it. I loved the cinematography of it. There's just some breath state to Breathtaking (laughs) shots within it. So, you know, I really, really enjoyed the movie. Um, And, yeah, it it might not have been perfect. There's a couple of of little things that maybe I'd be nitpicky about. But I think it's going to be the family film of the year. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think what other beat it. Really? Of the year so far, possibly. I I liked the bad guys, by the way. My daughter's still begging me to see that again. See, I haven't seen the bad guys, so (laughs) I don't even know what they are. Yeah, I didn't, they're I didn't animals. They're trying to be good, but they're bad because they were the bad guys in all of the things. They're the big bad wolf, the snake, the ones oh. that are the, the shark. They're all the bad guys in any <laughs> movie that involves animals. They're the bad guy. And so everybody's afraid of them all the time. And so they're just like, well, all right, let's rob be banks then. then. Okay. All right. All right. But this one, I, though, I think it, kids will enjoy it. Adults will enjoy it. Fans of Toy Stories will enjoy it. Fans of sci-fi will enjoy it. Um, and just the fact that it has the name of Disney and Pixar behind it, I do think it'll be like the family film of the year. I'm, I'm trying to think of any other ones. Like any other ones I can think of, you know, are even though they'll be a hit for families, I don't think they'll be the family film. Like Jurassic well, World, having, Thor, having Disney, mm-hmm. you know, the Disney name behind it for sure is going to. It's going to help. I'm just going to look at my calendar really quick. Yeah, to I'm see trying to see what other family what films stuff are coming is, out. Is, yeah, Puss in Boots the, coming out soon. Yeah, I don't think that'll yeah, connect that's as not, much. I, I actually don't, didn't even like the first Puss in Boots movie that I much. Didn't even I loved watch him. It. In, I love Puss in Boots and Shrek, but I wasn't Shrek as big a fan. Shrek Two is like the best of all the Shreks I didn't, besides yeah. the musical. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's something. I, I'm not. There's nothing on my mind immediately that pops out, especially that's going to theaters. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff. Uh, my kids loved Turning Red, and if that had gone to theaters. Maybe, yeah, that might be. Maybe that more, would have. I loved turning red. So that's that's that. another interesting uh, element that hasn't been overly advertised about Lightyear. It's the first Pixar to be in theaters since COVID. Yes, that's true. See, that's another reason I think it'll be people are ready to go back to the movies, which we've seen. As I we think I've seen early projections. Trends. It's supposed to make like 143 million this mm-hmm. weekend. I don't know if that's worldwide or in the U.S., but it's supposed to do pretty well. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it benefits from its uh, connection to to Toy Story. I mean, it, there's just no question. In my opinion, that's not a knock against it. It's just it's a fact. Like the fact that it's um, it's got Disney and Pixar behind it just means that that's going to only help it to get in front of more people. Mm-hmm. And I don't think people will hate it. I mean, there are probably some people who hate it. it sounds oh, like there's, so there's a bunch of people who, who already everything. hate it and they haven't even seen it yet. But that's a whole different story. <laughs> um, but it's. 
it's fine. It, it's it's better than average. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> just because I'm not putting it in the in the ten out of four star category. Well, now I'm trying to think. What is my worst Pixar? I don't like Cars two. I think I only got halfway through that one. Yeah, Cars oh, two Cars is not two that interesting, bad. but yeah. it had some funny yeah. moments. I liked uh, the the spy aspect of it. I thought that was pretty. Funny. I, I have a hard time with uh, Toy Story three, but that's just oh, because it's, see, that it's so, so heartbreaking and. It's so good at the same time. Forever, the that it would have been one of the greatest movies of all time if all of the toys had been incinerated together. <laughs> it would have been the most traumatic child, children's movie ever. It would surpass. It would. It would combine Bambi and that Old was, Yeller and the surpass part. them both. I, I could. That's why I still but can't I thought, get over that moment. That would be the bravest thing that any filmmaker has ever done. Gosh. Is because you know what though, and it was like meaningful. Like they're no all escape. together, and they're all. They look at each other like, hey, you know what? Or at least we're all going out together. Oh. And then they got saved. And I was like, I knew they were going to get you're, saved. You're, you're enraging my ulcer right but, now, Andy. <laughs> that would have been. The first, time I saw, the first time I saw Toy Story 3, it was for a college preview. Like, mm-hmm. they had brought it for college students to watch. Oh, cool. And that's where they cut it off. Oh, no. That is awesome. And so. And it was like months before it was going to come out. Oh, so that's all no. I had to go on for months. And I was like, oh, my gosh, my childhood is dead. I can't go see this. I can't go see this movie. I can't deal with this. Oh, my gosh. I don't know how you, you could And that's like what's it. so funny is everybody talks about the end scene where he gives the toys away and they're all crying. And I was like. I think that's a poetic way to end it. That's not mm-hmm. crying thing. Like crying was if they all incinerated together. Mm-hmm. When you grew to love Bonnie because she was just such a lovable character. So yeah, she's it a cute out. kid. <laughs> and we got to know her more over the other mm-hmm. Toy Story animated things. But all, all right. right, so should we move beyond our spoiler-free and dive in because I'm I'm so excited for that. Yeah, let's take a break then before we do that. Real quick, I think it's going to be the family film of the year. Andy, what's your thoughts? What's your final? Uh, I think it's going to make a lot of money. I think. <laughs> Well, no, it is. It's true. It's I true. think it would have made more money without a couple of creative decisions, just based on what I know from how a lot of people are reacting before the film even comes out. Yep, yep, yep. We'll talk about that in spoilers, although I don't know if it's much of a spoiler. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know a lot of people who are not going to go see it for that reason alone, and they really? would have otherwise, yeah. And that's okay. You know, everybody's yeah. entitled yeah. to their opinion yeah. how they feel yeah. about stuff. I think... We'll talk about that, but yeah. Disney was in a no-win scenario with no. how that was going to play out either way, so... No. Um, but, you know, so you make a lot of money. I don't think people are going to come out like, I just hated that. Everybody hates something. Mm-hmm. Every review I've ever posted on KSLTV.com has had somebody who's like, <laughs> this movie was garbage. I can't believe you liked it. Yeah. Or, you told me it'd be good. Or you said it sucked and it was my favorite movie ever. You're stupid. Like, so I understand that everyone has their own opinions, but I think it's going to make a lot of money. And I don't think most people will be disappointed. And honestly, I think even some of the people who aren't going to see it, if they actually saw it, they'd be like, oh. Well, maybe that wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> right? But, okay. Brooke, what's your yeah. final spoiler free uh, judgment? No, I think it's good. I think that kids and adults will like it, especially the ones that have the nostalgia factor. And sci fi fans will think it's pretty cool because there hasn't been a whole lot of sci fi animation. No, it was so. solid sci fi, too. As oh, yeah. far as that goes, it was solid yeah. sci fi, as in science playing a role and all the different things that come from that. Which I love. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into spoilers. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. 
I'm Andrea Smartin, and my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back. We are talking light year. Okay, so Andy, Andy, yes. let's have you start the spoiler okay. filled because I can see you have opinions. Oh, I have opinions. So to me, spoiler types of things. So this is what I was looking for when I watched it. Is Zerg going to be in it? Because I didn't watch the trailers. I assumed he would so be. Okay. I was curious if they were going to explore the uh, Zerg being his father because <laughs> when it when that happened in Toy Story 2, it was such an obvious reference to Star Wars. Like that was the joke. Uh-huh. Like Zerg turns out to be Buzz's dad, and then he's playing catch with him. Like there, there was the silliness that went with that. So now, when they're going to try to approach it from the serious way, that's pretty much canon now that mm-hmm. that there's some relationship between Buzz but he and does Zerg. Say, Are you dad? right? And that was that was the reference <laughs> yes, back yes, to yes, Toy yes, Story. Yes. But I, the, the fact that it turned out to be Buzz himself was. I thought that was pretty cool. Actually, I thought that was one of the cooler things about it. Yeah, was it wasn't his dad; it was him, and it was him trying to correct what he felt like. I, I missed my opportunity, and I want to fix that. Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a universal theme oh, yeah. that people either have to come to the fact that they're like, "Look, I can't change the thing." I mean, <laughs> high school is the obvious uh, thing go to for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. If you could do high school over again, would you? And there's a part of you that immediately thinks, "Of course, I would love to take all the stuff that I know now wow. and apply it to then." I loved high school, so whatever. Right, but wouldn't you love <laughs> to know what you too. know now? <laughs> but wouldn't you love to do like? Wouldn't you love to know then what you know now? On Maybe top of self-confidence wise, yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying. So you think that first, but then when you go through it, you're like, you know what? I am who I am today because of all the stuff that happened then. So if I change that, who would I be today? And that's what this whole Buzz Lightyear fighting with himself question is, is things went one way for this Buzz. He wants to fix it mm-hmm. so that none of it happened. Whereas this Buzz, thanks to what he learned from uh, his partner's granddaughter, mm-hmm. Is like, well, I mean, yeah, I did strand them all on the planet, and I hate that, and I've spent all these years trying to fix that. Mm-hmm, but they had a whole life. But you know what? They made the best of it, yeah. and I don't want to take that away from them. I don't want to ruin my my new friend's existence. Like, mm-hmm. it would essentially make her not exist, probably. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want right. to take it away from the people he knows now. So I thought that was actually one of the stronger parts of Lightyear was the whole kind of the theme. This is what... Pixar is so good at is figuring, so like, identifying what's the theme, like, what could, what's the way we can tug on the heartstrings, make people think about stuff that maybe they wouldn't think about other ways, and what, what's a creative way to make people think about these kinds of things? Mm-hmm. And, and they're good at that. They're very good at that. Inside Out, to me, is the ultimate example yes. of taking something and, and giving you a weird way of looking at something that you'd never thought about, like the... I loved the islands, the emotional islands. Like, what are the islands that make you? I loved that. That's a Mm -hmm. brilliant idea. And so for Lightyear, this idea of of him, you know, he's beaten himself up for all the time. All the time he's he's been, you know, he's watched his friend grow old. She never got to be the space ranger. I'm sorry, I'm I'm. I'm dropping names. I actually left my notebook at the movie theater, so <laughs> no. I don't even have my notebook, even in my car. Like I got to go call the Megaplex and find out. If... We'll have to help you. But uh, at any rate, um, so his, his partner, Space Ranger, he feels bad that Alicia. he he mm-hmm. robbed Alicia of her chance to be a Space Ranger. Yeah, yeah. He feels right. bad that um, 
He stranded the whole group on the planet. Apparently, there was a cut scene where Buzz comforts Alicia when Kiko dies. Really? Yeah, they okay. didn't include that scene. Oh. That was in some of the, 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 the montage scene where everything happens, where you mm-hmm. find out what's going on while Buzz is, is taking each test But trip. they decided to stay more for right. it. Okay. Well, what, said, what, what the director said was he was like, there was a scene where uh, Kiko and uh, Alicia were had, had an even more like physical or emotional moment. I, I can't remember exactly. I don't want to get it wrong yeah, what yeah. they said, but but they're like, okay, well, what do we got to leave in? What what tells the whole story? And I thought that part was pretty well done where it was the same angle of shot each time she'd go to her quarters, the door would open and it would be like some further, it was almost like looking at different pictures of her life yeah, that yeah, she had up on the wall. There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and meanwhile, Buzz is the same. He comes in, he talks to his cat and mm-hmm. then he goes out the next day like the to next try day, again. He doesn't even... And it might be, it might be the next day yeah, yeah, because they've prepared the next fuel pellet, mm-hmm. assuming that the last well, one didn't work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. So, so all well, of that stuff. Had like years to, to develop the new fuel. So it may just be. Yeah. So it's like, okay, we're ready whenever he's ready. Like, okay. He took this one out. Let's see if we think we can do better. And we can't wait four years to find out what it was like and then start over mm-hmm. again. Well, and going back to that emotionalness of it uh, that you were talking about that started this part of the conversation is they make it so a child can understand that emotions as well as an adult, as well as people in every different stage of their life. And that's one thing brilliant about Pixar is it does take back, take everyone all ages to mistakes. And how great for a child to watch this to try to understand, yes, those mistakes are okay. (laughs) You know, one thing they say is that a mistake is still a mistake. It's not bigger just because it's yours. Um, and no, but try convincing somebody of that. Oh, right. Well, that's why I wrote it down. I need to hear that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to post that on my wall. Right. (laughs) So that, those were the cool things, you know, the, the, I thought the the way that they balanced the humor, you know, especially the, uh, the, the robots, like all the robots were hilarious. The robot Mm -hmm. that was trying to explain the directions all the way through to the final credit scene. Um, I wanted more of him. Uh, there, but there's a robot cat. But even the drones that Zerg sends were really funny in their own faceless way. Right. You know, it made me think of, and you'll have to go back and look at old Looney Tunes. Okay. The funniest robot was one that I, I can't even remember if it was Bugs that built it, but it's this robot. It essentially looked like a bucket. And okay. it had like two light bulb eyes, no mouth, and it wheeled around with like arms that hung down. And it was comically hilarious to just watch this faceless robot with its arms hanging down and it like bump into walls and it was just so funny and that's what the, the robots that were chasing mm-hmm. Zerg sent the after Zerg him robots, felt yeah. like except for they just had cooler looking faces and bigger <laughs> weapons but it was the faceless kind of dumb robot that mm-hmm. gets sucked in and dropped in piles back on Zerg's ship and mm-hmm. um, so I, I thought that worked really well that the whole trick of uh, Finding out that the the junior ranger corps is like not actually trained in anything at oh, all. I love that they're just cosplayers. Oh, that was hilarious! It'd be like a bunch of Ren Fair players getting actually sucked back to the Renaissance age. <laughs> oh, okay. Now I want that as a movie. <laughs> it probably is somewhere. I think they've had that. They've but. probably had that somewhere. Um, yeah, I loved that as well. So I was trying to figure out what Zap stands for. I think there's for. a movie called The Knights of Bad ass dumb or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and it's something like well, that. well, like That's there's a portal fantastic. that happens and actual people from the <laughs> Knights and dragons era show up and they happen to appear at a renaissance fair kind of a thing. Hey, there you go. <laughs> so, so the storyline of the film, we have Buzz. He's with the space rangers. They're heading off to a mission of some sorts that we're not quite sure No, they're sure coming of. back. They're coming back. Yeah, okay. I looked that up. So they're coming back from a mission. They're heading home to Earth mm-hmm. and Buzz makes the decision to divert the craft from mm-hmm. the home mission to this world. Okay. 
And so he's on the world and they get stranded there. He tries to get let them escape, help them escape. He's he's trying to take that turn up and fly it up. And there's a very Top Gun Maverick moment where he has that steep incline. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I just saw this. Um, and They're like, oh, we should have released one week sooner. One week sooner. We could have done it. Now they were copying us and now it looks like we're copying them. Mm-hmm. So we have that, that big mistake. They're stuck on the planet. The turnip crashes. The turnip crashes. They're there for a year. I love that it's called the turnip. I, I think that's it. hilarious. Well, it looks like a turnip. It does like a root it. vegetable. We we already have we have established that he's not really he doesn't really like rookies that much. He just wants to get the work done. He wants himself. to do it himself. He's a, he's the person that takes all the responsibility on himself, and whether he's like an outward glory is me, he's mm-hmm. definitely an inward glory inward, is yeah, me. Yeah, 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 definitely. He's a perfectionist. He wants to. So he doesn't like mistakes. He doesn't want to make them himself. He doesn't want those around him to make it. And so that kind of sets well, and he up. He doesn't want to have to rely on anybody. Yes. <laughs> and that's a big that's a big theme that rolls through the story. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Michael Jordan was like that too. Honestly, really. I don't. You guys don't follow sports very nah. much, but through from nah. from the time he joined the league in 1984 till about 1990, uh-huh. he was one of the best scorers in the game. He by himself could get his team almost to the edge mm-hmm. of the NBA Finals but he couldn't get past a different team. And it mm-hmm. wasn't until his coach convinced him to trust, be willing to pass the ball. Like, I mean, obviously he passed the ball sometimes, but it was one of those things where you got to trust that the team is going to be there for you mm-hmm. too. And then suddenly he wins six championships in eight years. And, and Andy has just described Looney Tunes, uh, the Space Jam, the first film, just so you know. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or the much better Space Jam 2. <laughs> we can argue about that. <laughs> Oh, there's a lot of people willing to argue with me about that. Oh, we are in space in this movie, though. <laughs> so yes, it has its own limits because of that. I, I loved so So he ends up going and traveling uh, to try to get the hyperspace. He's, the crystal doesn't work. He figures out a way they to come back. They make the crystal from Slurpee machines. Yes. It, it was pretty cool. I did like that. So now you know <laughs> to go through if the you mix rings. the banana with the cherry and the Coca-Cola in the right <laughs> And the right amounts, you can travel faster than light. <laughs> you didn't know that. Drug, or it's like just that. when you put them all together, your brain feels like it's going at light speed mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. the sugar. It, it used real right. science, the theory of relativity. So yep. if he comes back and it's it's four years. I have it written somewhere on the these The closer to the speed of light that you travel, the slower time moves in relation to everyone else. Yeah, yeah. So it's four years, two months, three days later. He's there on the planet. They must have known he was coming back because they were ready for him. Like Carlos was there when right. he came back. And this is the first time of, oh, my gosh, I've missed so much. I've made – and I, I think instead of him, I miss so much life. He's He thinks of, like, I've made these people be here for this many years. He doesn't see that life was there. He yeah, said, he's like, he, if this works, we're only stuck on this planet for a year because it took mm-hmm. them like a year to build up or two years to build up the everything yeah, where they yeah. could launch mm-hmm. the ship mm-hmm. to test it out. So – then all of a sudden it's longer and it didn't work, which means he's got to do it again, which mm-hmm. means at least another four years are going to pass. Mm-hmm. And so and that keeps happening. And yeah. so that to me, that was a great sci fi element. That was oh, a great yeah. grown up thing that little kids I don't think are going to even consider a process. But this idea of like everything is aging around you and you're not and you're just like, I, I, I would wonder, I mean, as a human with with my own self-esteem issues at times, it's. Do they hate me for this? Oof, you know, oof, I know right. they're saying that they don't care, but they have to care, right? They have to care. Well, and they show they care because one of the first things Alicia does is gives him no, the robot they, they cat. should care like. Uh-huh. But we also didn't know that was from Alicia. No, didn't that it was say a Alicia star on command. It? it was a star command thing. No, I, 
didn't it have a tag oh, that said Alicia? I, if it really did, I, I didn't yeah, notice yeah, that. So, uh, we found that out at the end when he sees the hologram message. Okay. But I didn't realize that. Do you remember? That. I feel I feel like it said from Alicia yeah, on the it, box. I yeah. don't. I didn't think so. I okay. just thought it was. Because I thought the you, cat said, you're a star command has... issue kind of a thing. That's okay. what I thought. Right. Like, back right. me up on this or no. <laughs> but I, I... Right. No, that's what I remember is is he opens the box and he's like, what is this? And <laughs> the cat explains, well, I'm a star command. Like, okay. I'm here for you. Like, oh, I'm your support that. animal. Mm-hmm. Meow, 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 meow. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> And I like that it's not just a sidekick. It, actually, he gives him to work the here. Go ahead and work on this problem. How do we create this crystal? So the whole time he's off testing the crystal, the cat is working on the the scientific portion of it, analyzing the research, yeah. doing the math, things like that. It's essentially grinding for Bitcoin. <laughs> because that's how did you did you not know that's how you got Bitcoin originally? No, I is still you, don't understand you take Bitcoin. Your computer it's magic and computer it would money. do processing. And it would just process all because your processor only gets used a little bit when your computer's on. So mm-hmm. the idea behind this came is like you could handle remote computing, remote processing. Mm-hmm. And then after a certain amount of time, it would give you one Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. And so it's become a it's become a currency where people, you know, can trade it like stocks. But that was originally kind of how it happened. That was if you ever watched the Big Bang Theory, the episode where they found out they had some valuable Bitcoin. It was because they'd created a a thing a and it, and it, it. they, they it generated the some it, Bitcoin. But I haven't really watched many of the episodes. Oh, so. well, then that was a wasted analogy. But nevertheless, those of you who do watch <laughs> The Big Bang Theory know which episode I'm talking about. But that's how. So essentially that's what Socks the Cat was doing was, mm-hmm. was creating Bitcoin, trying to solve the mm-hmm. hyperspace problem. Well, and you have this beautiful montage because of that. So he he's he goes off. He does all these missions. Um, it's about five years every time. They say it's it's been like 50 years when when he finally comes back. Yes. Um, and, well, his, his well, part. Partner has at mm-hmm. least a 40th anniversary party at one of his voyages. So yeah, yeah. That at least right. gives you four decades worth of stuff. Mm-hmm. And he finally gets the answer, but by then, Star Command, not Star Command, because they're, they're kind of the on dude their who own. succeeded Alicia, who did finally pass away, Burningham uh, or something like that. Some Burns is I can't remember his name. Uh, he wants to end the program, although. He, he finally has the answer to it. Well, he's like, well, we're fine. We're just going to stay here. We, we've we've lived here for five decades, and we're fine. Mm-hmm. You know, Alicia's passed on at that point. You have that real emotional hologram. Oh, oh, my heart. <laughs> and you have little Izzy crawling um, onto her grandma's lap as she's saying goodbye to Buzz and everything and the, the, the picture that he finds, and it's just beautiful and wonderful and uh I love that they they talk a lot through holograms in here too. It just reminds me of Star Wars, and you know, even when she leans yeah, down to turn off. That's the... why it's so good. <laughs> when she leans down to turn off the hologram, it's very much like Princess Leia. The same motion of turning off the hologram with the first R D T two message to help me buzz J Lightyear. <laughs> I don't know if J is his middle initial, but I've decided that it is. Is that what you decided? Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, I really like the montage because it had like kind of a throwback to the up montage, like yeah. just the storytelling without any words. Like you can get so much just from these little clips and like, mm-hmm. you know exactly what's happening. And, mm-hmm. and it, you have that emotional connection, even though like nothing's really being said, you're just getting these little snippets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it definitely makes you think like, what if you lived like this and you missed like the whole life of, of your friends that you loved? Like that would be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, emotional because well, yes, it's a choice. I mean, that was the thing. Is for Buzz, it was mm-hmm. more important to give them an opportunity to get off the place mm-hmm. that he stuck them because they were. Again, I, I think here's an interesting question: 
how different you think the story would be if someone else had pressed the button to send the ship to the, the Vine planet mm-hmm. and Buzz wasn't the one who did it. I think the turnip would have been pulled down into the planet. I think Buzz is the only one that could have even saved him for that one little step. Right. But if it wasn't Buzz that had pressed the button to send them to the planet, mm. how would he have been as driven as he was? Because, yeah, it, yes, it was his fault, mm. you know, that when they when they tried to pull up and they crashed and he couldn't do it. And, you know, obviously you're meant to get the idea that if someone else had helped, maybe they would have gotten away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... I, to me, it all rests on the decision of we're, the only reason we're there in the first place is because I set us there. Yeah. Then I screwed up and kept us there, mm-hmm. and I've got to fix this. So I, I just wonder if he hadn't been the one that pressed the button, if it was like, well, if it was his partner that pressed the button, mm-hmm. would she be the one doing the training flights, and would he have stayed behind, would or she would have had that drive? Because I just, I just, to me, that's an interesting thing because they made such a thing about him being the one to send them there. They didn't have to show that. Mm-hmm. There could have been just something like when they landed, they're like, "Hey, what are we doing here?" And they're like, I don't know, we're on this planet. But to make it so that Buzz is the one who sends them there in the first place, then gets them stranded. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think Build that's an interesting uh, snowball there. Of how different would he have acted if he wasn't the one that sent them to the planet in the first place? Well, and if he didn't go to the planet, what would he be like anyway? He'd probably be like Tim Allen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that is that is a good point. Chris Evans did amazing as the voice of this Buzz Lightyear. So that's some people are Respected upset. It. Some people are upset that it's not Tim Allen's voice. I have an in Toy Story universe explanation that works for me. That I just made up. Apparently, it's got 250 steps full sitting here. I just want everyone to know. Because Kellyanne waves her arms a lot. I do. And so the, her, her uh, pedometer thinks she's walking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> her wrist uh, step counter. What are All those right. things called? Fitbits. Uh, Fitbit, Fitbit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Her Fitbit yeah. thinks she's walking because she's wildly demonstr- <laughs> demonstrative with her arms. <laughs> no, so my in-universe, in-canon explanation is, have you ever bought a toy Especially in the mid nineties, mm-hmm. and it's got voice. It ain't the voice it's of the, the actor, actor from the movie. It's the voice <laughs> of somebody who sounds vaguely like the person in the movie <laughs> because it's way too expensive to get the actor from the movie to voice the little toy. And in fact, I think even the Phantom Menace had voice chip toys. Like they came with a chip that you put it on the reader and you get lines from the movie. But mm-hmm. I think. It was the voices from the movie, but I'm not 100% well, sure that it was. Okay, we can relate it back to Toy Story. Toy Story, uh, the movie, of course, Tom Hanks is witty. Yes. But when he came to the games, that is Toy Story, like the video games and stuff, Tom Hanks doesn't voice that. Right, that's His what brother I'm voices it. Yeah, because it's close and it's cheaper. So you're saying it's, it's a difference so I, there. I'm just so, saying, yeah, if you want an in canon universe, in Toy Story universe explanation for why so Tim, Tim Allen, Allen is the voice is of the, the toy and Chris <laughs> Evans is the voice of the movie, just it's just. Because you don't sense. get the, the the movie actor to voice the toy. Mm-hmm. That's a, a, a logical in-universe explanation for me. So if you just need something that at least works in the Toy Story canon, that to me makes sense. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. One's a toy. One's a movie character. But it's fun. We like talking about these fun little things. Well, no, I just people are mad. Like even Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond was mad. She tweeted about, I can't believe that uh, Disney and Pixar didn't use Tim Allen for the voice of Buzz Lightyear. And then there was all this speculation. Feeling. No, I realize that, but it the only way you've known Buzz Lightyear for tw- uh, you know 27 years now is because it was Tim Allen. And it would have we wouldn't have liked it if Chris Evans had voiced uh Buzz in Toy Story 3 mm-hmm. or Toy Story 4. Mm-hmm. 
So I, no, at least, I'm I at accepting least get, your I at least I like get the it. gut re- reaction from people wanting to have Tim Allen be the voice. But mm-hmm. that that brings up a whole. There's a whole bunch of people who are arguing that Tim Allen didn't want to be in it because of the Disney agenda that they're putting in the movie because mm-hmm. of Tim Allen's known political views versus mm-hmm. whatever. It's so, one of those you have to accept it to move whatever. forward. Whatever. It's not Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Evans. It's a pretty good well, substitute if you ask me. Yeah, and he's time traveling again. Yeah. <laughs> we already know he's good at the sci-fi time travel. Yeah, so. Andy's, Andy's Captain Lightyear. Like, come on. Uh, yep. There we go. It's, it's a perfect match. I just now wish that there was a Buzz Lightyear doll somewhere in Avengers Endgame. There you go. Oh, my gosh. That would, that would be have perfect. been so funny. Oh, my gosh. I was trying to think about my no, favorite Andy- cameos of Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> And I had come up with the same theory as far as like why the the voice had changed as well. Like that it was it's the toy based on the character and and those things changed. That's, so I think that's kind of what they were going for. Was well, yeah. I'm just true. saying, like if yeah. you're so mad that Tim Allen's not in it, I mean, there's at least a logical explanation instead of like you know Fresh Prince of Bel Air where it was like, oh Aunt Viv changed. <laughs> you no, just Aunt Viv. She just looks a little different today. Maybe she got her hair done different or something. <laughs> But you just have to accept yeah. that it's a completely different uh, person, a completely different actor playing mm-hmm. the same person. In this case, they're not the same person mm-hmm. in air quote. So in Lightyear, I had a tiny bit of an issue that young Lightyear and old Lightyear were different voices. Oh, the, the voice. I did notice that, but I was wondering if I was. Beca- were they? Yeah, they it was. It was. Uh, I mean, Chris Evans had played old man. Why couldn't he just be like, no, I don't think I'm going to tell you that. I, I did notice I it know, was that again. <laughs> yeah. So that's where my my voice acting issue came in with Lightyear, where I was like, Chris James Evans can be buzzed. That's totally James. fine. But I was like. It was James it, Brolin. It was James yeah. Brolin. Thanos. Yeah. It was this. Yes. Yeah, there were that's more connections awesome. there. We, we're connecting to Maverick. We're connecting to Toy Story, bedtime stories. Everything is, is all connected here. See, I wonder if that was because they wanted, you know, if it was listed in Berserk, they didn't want the spoiler to be broken out that Zerg is just, this is the big spoiler, older version, different timeline version of Buzz. Right. No, you didn't want to. I I really think they were trying to play off the thing of like everybody's – I was expecting it to be his dad. Like they established that thought in Mm -hmm. Toy Story 2. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I was assuming that's what it was going to be. But how were we going to find out within the movie was going to be the interesting reveal. So then I thought that was actually pretty cool that it wasn't. It wasn't. Mm -hmm. Although now, like why did the toy buzz think that the Zerg was, the toy Zerg was his dad? Because it looked like an older version of himself. So he must look a lot like his dad. No, 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 no. But the point is is the movie would have already established that it was buzz. Oh, that's just because it's comedic. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're well, and also okay. maybe maybe that particular toy Zerg was that particular toy Buzz's dad. I don't know. <laughs> well, and like we we also don't know what part of the story like the the toy of Buzz is in that storyline. So like maybe uh, like we don't know how that works with like and even why does he have an idea of what his background does and and Buzz does not. Like we don't know when. The story of Buzz is when the doll was created. Does that make sense? Probably doesn't. No, it does. Okay. <laughs> I, I, well, I, look, <laughs> we're nitpicking here. I love it. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> what matters is there's a Buzz Lightyear movie, and there was Buzz Lightyear in it, and they made a toy from it, mm-hmm. and. You know, we're like, well, now, wait a second. This toy that is sentient when we're not looking didn't seem to know what was in the movie. 
And why didn't there? Because it's established that this is 1997 versus 1995. This is the... the in episode 245, we noticed that when Itchy hit the rib, it had the xylophone of two different sounds. <laughs> Anytime that happens, it's wizards is, is what the answer is. Oh, that's is. funny. <laughs> it's a good one. No, um, so that, that's fair. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But it plays against, I don't know, it just depends, I guess, on how literal you feel about canon. If you're super, super literal... Yeah, there's some holes. But if you're super canon, then you don't you can't care keep and you just like to watch things and have some fun. For me, it's like, is it plausible? Not is it perfectly logical and does it exactly fit? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we have a podcast to break this kind of stuff down. So <laughs> who am I to criticize? <laughs> <laughs> well, and um, what I was going to say, so we we're going to go back to Maverick again. Because we have another stolen plane, a stolen spacecraft, basically, for this one. Uh, so Buzz mm-hmm. realizes, okay, we have the answer. Even though they don't want us to go fly, I'm going to go one more time, and I'm going to test this hyperdrive crystal, and it's going to work because we know it. So the cat and him get it, it steals the vehicle, gets off the bla- base. Yes, it works. They go through the Stargate rings, which, of course, that's what I'm— The slowdown rings. The slowdown, sure, or whatever. He's flying travel faster than light, and there's nothing to break his speed down except for those rings. It's totally going to be some, in some, some sort of video sci-fi game. sci-fi stuff in there, too. Oh, yeah. There's oh, yeah, of- Star Fox. It was, like, very reminiscent of Star Fox mm-hmm. from the uh, Nintendo, mm-hmm. Super Nintendo. He makes it back, but, oh, my goodness, is everything chaotic? It's been so much time. It's been 20-something years, and all of a sudden there's Zerg on the planet. He can't get into to the, the base with the laser shield. <laughs> laser shield. Um- <laughs> yeah, that was a post-credit scene. <laughs> My kids went to the bathroom. What did I miss? You missed him going, huh, laser shield. Like, that's all you missed. Because the other kids were like, I'm not telling you. You missed it. I'm like, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> so instead of um, coming back to Alicia, it's Izzy. It's the granddaughter he'd yep. seen in the goodbye message. And they have this ragtag group of people. And you will help me say it. Taika. Taika Waititi? Taika Waititi. I'm, yes. I will someday learn your name, the sir. The director of the You're last amazing. two Thor movies. Yes. And also Hunt for the Wilder People. And he was also the bad guy in uh, Free Guy. Well, and what we do in the shadows and our flag means death. He's just amazing. Yes. I'm sorry I can't pronounce your name. I have a mental block. Don't don't hurt me. He's New um, Zealand. <laughs> he's from New Zealand. So he's Mo Morrison. I did notice like they all had little numbers on him. And he was 13, so it was unlucky. Uh, Izzy was uh-huh. 42, so the answer to everything. Um, and then uh, Darby still was 75, and I think just her age or something like that. Probably. So, yeah. Yeah. So or we have the this... length of her sentence. True. Oh, I loved the... yeah. Did you like the ragtaggedness of, of oh, yeah. this little auxiliary patrol? Oh, yeah. So let's see. There was, oh, yeah. There was the three of them. Okay. And then mm-hmm. Buzz was the fourth. And then the cat. And then the sort cat. Sort of the fifth. Yeah. And then the dumb describing robot, which was still stuck back at the camp. If Devin. you go through the south traffic light and then make a left, no, no, that's no, not no. it. That's not the best way. <laughs> so they have to find a way to defeat Zerg to get back to the capital in order to, to let them know that, okay, we finally have the crystal that works. Um, and so you have like, oh, we thought this whole story was going to go off on this tangent of track of we just had to do the hypercrystal. Now we have this other time story that is just awesome and has some great characters and everything in it there. Andy, help Well, me. what's your next segment? What's my next segment? Well, have we talked about the Easter eggs? No. Should we talk about Easter eggs? Sure.
you're still teaching me. Be no, that's all right. So some <laughs> of the Easter eggs that I noticed were obviously anything that referred to how the toys acted in Toy Story. I mean, we mm-hmm. were looking for certain things. We were looking for when did he get the wrist laser because he didn't seem to have it at first. So then they, they made one. You know, was Buzz super serious like Buzz was before he realized super- he was a toy? And he kind of was. Super dramatic. There was, when was he going to get his wings? You mm-hmm. know, when did those things finally oh, pop out? Awesome. Which was, I, I actually had forgotten yeah. about the wings until mm-hmm. they popped out. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess we were going to need to see those at some point. Well, and even the costume, uh, the Space Rangers outfits that he's wearing, the one we see at the first isn't quite 100% what we see him as a toy. We get that towards the end. So, yeah, there's a lot of those little moments as well as just dialogue and script that was inserted in very witty ways in order to make it work. Did you notice any other Pixar related? Did we get a tease for the next Pixar movie hidden in there somewhere? I didn't oh, see I was, it. I was looking for all those Pixar things like the Luxo Ball and A One One Three and all those. Things. I was so focused on the movie, I missed them. I'm like, I have to see it again. Yeah, what is I, the I next didn't Pixar see the truck movie? or anything. Do we know? It's in November. Elements. Elements. It's similar to Inside Out. Inside Out, where they personified um, emotions. Now they're personifying elements. So that's coming up soon. But they really didn't have that in any of those references here. They didn't even have the the truck. Well, yeah, and maybe there was. We just didn't even notice where it was. Maybe Mm -hmm. the pizza delivery truck was in the montage of them building the city and stuff. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Probably. They always sneak them in, and you have to really watch them. Like frame by frame, sometimes <laughs> there, there was some general fandom stuff. Like the rookie was a, a red shirt; it was more of an orange red yeah. rust, but he was a red shirt. <laughs> oh, he's going to give me the rookie eyes so that you feel sorry when he dies because it's going to happen. <laughs> that was kind of funny playing on that little trope. Um, you know, seeing the different light year costumes. You know, they eventually for the big finish they all get into the classic green and white. A little more polished, the more the toy. And the shape of the spaceship, because it had to kind of look like the toy that Andy got Buzz Lightyear in. Mm-hmm. So it's going to have to kind of be that weird sort of rectangular, no triangular, comet, or I guess, trapezoidal shape. Maybe that's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> so those were the things that I was specifically How was Zerg going to look? Was he going to look like his toy? The, the bloop, 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 the shooting gun mm-hmm. was, was a direct reference to the, the little ball shooting part. But mm-hmm. what There's else did you see? some Vader stuff in there as well. Um, yeah, there's obviously it's kind of a reference to Darth Vader for sure. A lot of the shots were definitely made like that. Even when we first see Lightyear in his full costume on the planet uh, the first time, they have the the same shot going from his feet all the way up that we see him when he lands on the bed. The dialogue there is a lot. I love the running joke of him still uh, doing his his logs, his Star Command logs. Star Command, come in, Star Command. Why aren't they answering? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of it came directly from that, but you know, I was I was looking for like the three eyed aliens, the little aliens. Uh, Didn't see those, uh, but I'm like, oh, we saved our lives. We are eternally grateful. Ooh, they didn't have that. Well, but that's because those were Pizza, Pizza Planet, Planet aliens. Well, I know, but yeah. aren't they in? They're in um see, the Brooke TV knows this show. Stuff. Come aren't on, they in Kellyanne. the animation show? You're the Disney fan, and they're on the ride. <laughs> Well, that's true. <laughs> Although I haven't been since Astro it became Blasters. Pixar Pier. I haven't been there since they uh, Well, this is Astro Pixar Blasters. Pier. That's over in uh, Tomorrowland. Oh, um, I did do side. that one. Mm-hmm. I did do that one. Mm-hmm. So, so I was gun, looking for only shot at like two there. feet. I like had a really limp gun. Sure you did. It was. <laughs> it wasn't because oh, I was a terrible shot. The thing was broken. I always get so involved in watching the ride. I'm like, oh, wait, I'm supposed to be shooting stuff. So, But that's a good one. So I was hoping that that would be in there a bit more, but it wasn't. But then it stood on its own, like particularly the comedic element. I about laughed so hard about peeing my pants with the meat sandwiches joke. 
that just kept running. Yeah, they have the bread in the middle. So funny. Yeah, we've too much bread. Your mouth would be dry. The idea that uh, oh shoot, now I lost it because the thought of meat sandwiches. But <laughs> we all lose it at the thought of meat sandwiches. No, no, no. Just um, uh, we were talking. You took about, a lot of notes. Like you have like fourteen pages of notes because Kenya. I have a hard time remembering things when I like it. Okay, so I have to. I have no, to. Just, I have I'm to impressed. Take notes. I'm impressed. I have to take notes or else I forget the storyline. Because so many times I've left a movie and like I loved it, and then people would ask me, "Well, what was it about?" I have no clue. Buzz Lightyear? Buzz Lightyear. I don't know, but I loved it. It was good. That's when I know it's a good movie when I don't remember it. So I have to I have to take notes. An animated version of a toy should not be that attractive. I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> <laughs> and his hair. We never saw his hair before. It's no, that's hair. true because he, he, he always had the little uh, skull, the skull inside the, the <laughs> helmet cap on. Um, I was going to say uh, – because I liked the cat so much and the cat featured so prominently in the movie and it seemed like such an easy accessory to include with a Buzz Lightyear toy, mm-hmm. I'm a little disappointed that where was the cat in the Buzz Lightyear toy? <laughs> he they should have known toy. that back then. No. <laughs> um, but I, that, that was – I didn't see any of those accessories when they go to the toy store in Toy Story 2. <laughs> Let, and so, there should have been. There should have been. I, I want a ver- I'm not a cat person. I would die for that fictional cat. And it worked so good with the comedy of it, with him meowing and, and beeping. And in his tail, he had, like, the, the computer connection so he can fix things. How at the end when he goes into the command kind of spot on the plane, the spacecraft, it reminded me of R2-D2 kind of nestling into his little navigation spot there. Mm. Um, when he yeah. hacks up. What did he hack up? I see the image of him hacking it up like a toy. He was so good in it and so fun. And just the little moments, the confetti springing out when he finally gets the hyperdrive. Oh. Ivan, the robot. uh, What is it? I wrote it down. Navigation. Voice activated navigation or something like that. Yeah. Navigation. All these little moments that just made it so fun and still connect straight to the sci-fi reality of it. Yeah, there would be a... Uh, navigation available. Yeah, there would be this available. There there would be this part. Even these little jokes of in the montage of time passing Alicia as she got older and driving and like kind of drifting as she drives and Buzz reaching over to, to the steering wheel. Like I, I think the comedic parts made it stand up on its own. And it well, would... one thing that Pixar is good at is understanding that you've got to have comedy, you know, whether it's a drama, whether it's whatever, you know, <laughs> The comedy is what helps kind of pace things. It relieves tension when you build it up. And it's honestly, it's usually the stuff you remember the most, yeah, you know. Yeah. I, I feel the same way about stage plays. You've got to have funny moments in there. It doesn't yes. have to be a comedy, but you've got to have funny moments in there. It just, it helps you connect to the story. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the cat certainly had the most comedic moments. The The dumb robots, again, like I mentioned before. Uh, but even like Taika Waititi's guy mm-hmm. that was clumsy and terrible and afraid of everything mm-hmm. and um, he was the all, all that work. And then he's like, oh, I'm bailing. Nope. And what? No. And it, he nope. now he learned and he bails to save. <laughs> bails to save. And then the, the pyrotechnic uh, parole older lady person. Oh, yeah. She's pretty awesome, too. Um, I just remembered the cat. Uh, shooting the dart. I bought you five minutes. <laughs> That's right. Wait, was that, is that oh initially gosh, that intended so for me? No comment. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> so we've kind of stepped around it a bit. There is an LGBTQ character within this. Yeah, film. well, it's Alicia. Mm-hmm. Alicia. 
And it's something that Buzz right from the start knows when, when she says, I'm engaged, when he comes back after that five times. She's, oh, who is she? Yeah, he like, doesn't even say he and have to be corrected. It mm-hmm. was like, he, so he obviously knew that about his uh, his his ranger mate. Mm-hmm. And so we actually had a friend of ours who, when they knew we were going to go see it, they're yeah. like, well, I've already heard this, so you need to tell me if, if I should take my kids or not. And mm-hmm. So uh, this is a legit concern for, for a lot of parents. And I... Again, I have no criticism uh, of of parents who feel this way. I, I really don't. You know, I, I believe parents should uh, emphasize to their kids whatever they feel is important. You know, mm-hmm. for everyone who's uh, excited that this that there's an LGBTQ moment in the movie, mm-hmm. there's some that aren't, yeah. and vice versa. For everyone that would have been disappointed if it would have left out, mm-hmm. it would have you know somebody else would have been happy to see that. So. Laying aside, everyone has the right to their own viewpoint. Well, let me just give you some context uh, because of what you heard. You've heard there's a kiss in it, and mm-hmm. there is. Mm-hmm. Is it a romantic kiss? Mm-hmm. No. In fact, for a second, I thought they cut the kiss because mm-hmm. in one of the montage scenes, when you find out that uh, that she's engaged, and then the door opens, mm-hmm. and she steps in, and they step to each other's waists, and then it cuts to the next thing, and I thought, oh, oh I wonder that if that was where the kiss mm-hmm. was going to be. Mm-hmm. Where the kiss took place was at their 40th anniversary party. It was just a greeting kiss. Uh, right. Hi, it was, it was, so that's what I say. So, I mean, if you're offended when in The Godfather they kiss each other on the cheek, then you could be offended by this, mm-hmm. you know. So, I, I, like I said, but just so you have context, if yeah. you still don't want to see the movie, that's fine. Mm-hmm. She is an LGBTQ character. She's pregnant mm-hmm. at some point. If you really feel like your kids are going to ask you, like, hey, how is this possible? Mm-hmm. Then that's fine. Then yeah. you don't you don't have to go see it. And and but they're but it's, they're not even showing it in, in the Middle East. The Middle East is yeah, already declined. Yeah, but it's a way to show your children other people's realities if that's something that you want that's to true. do. Um, other and to be empathetic and compassionate towards other people's view. And it doesn't do it in a rubbing in your face type of deal. No, it's, no, no. It's, just it's a, not gratuitous. This is it's what it is. Like this is their relationship. It's it's just a reality of someone else. And so I think this, in my opinion, would probably be a safe way to to let your children know about this reality. That yeah, sometimes that's how well. It works now, out. just to to step to the defense, just, but I don't I'm going to play. So. I know I'm going to play devil's advocate <laughs> okay. here on this one because mm-hmm. uh, you know I could understand. I watch a lot of movies, so maybe I'm a little desensitized to it. I'll just Me say too, that straight it. up. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I could see where somebody's like, look, and this is how I felt about certain other subjects too. Yeah. I know that this is part of my of the world that I live in and that, that my children live in. Mm-hmm. And I know that they're going to come in contact with it mm-hmm. at some point. Uh-huh. The thing I might have an issue with is I'd like to be the one that find that decides when they come in contact with it so that I can yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I can judge their maturity and, and ability to understand um so having that taken away from me in a thing that they might watch anyway, that's where I as a parent would feel a little bit upset is at least, look, you know, let me decide when they're going to come in contact with this. There will always be naysayers on the other side mm-hmm. of, oh, you're afraid of this, you're afraid of that. Fine, say that. Mm-hmm. But let me be the judge of my, uh, the, the person over my kids to decide when they learn about certain things, you know, mm-hmm. like if I want to teach them about the birds and the bees at age five, let me do it. Yeah, if I don't want to teach way. them about it till they're mm-hmm. 10, let me do it when they're 10. Mm-hmm. So I, I can get behind parents who feel upset on that yeah. count. Well, but and that's why I, we I have rating systems in the first place. This one is rated PG for action and peril. Uh, but as a parent, you can always go look up, okay, what are well, some of the Well, it does say parental guidance suggests that's what PG stands for. Exactly. So. 
Uh, right. but, but if somebody says they're not going to see it, then that's okay, too. That's their choice. Brooke, is this an issue with your toddlers? I didn't have any concerns about that with my kiddos. Um, my thing when I was watching it uh, for my toddlers was mm-hmm. um, this is the most violent and weapon-heavy <laughs> Pixar of film mm-hmm. yet. And that's that's where my, my concern stands uh, mm-hmm. as far as my kids coming to see this movie. So, like, there, there's everybody's going to have a concern and... And definitely do your research. Now, I was going to say, this is uh, how I look at, well, a lot of things. First of all, <laughs> as a grown-up, and we, you know, we've learned and we, we see things for what they are. We see, you know, different things. But I think of a lot of movies I watched as a kid. Uh, I think of the musical 1776. Mm-hmm. Loved it as a kid. A lot of cussing in it. My parents weren't thrilled about that. They liked the story. They liked, you know, the motion and drama of it. When I was a grown-up and I rewatched it, I couldn't believe Greece. all the sex jokes in it. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa!" That was me watching Greece, yeah. And and so I do think that in some ways your kids have a natural defense system built in, in that they don't know what you Night. know. So some of it is just going to go right. in one ear and out the other. <laughs> when you, when you were talking about the violence, as I'm as I'm thinking back in the film. Nobody gets hurt except for Zerg at the very end, and it and turns out he survived. But no, no, no. Nobody gets hurt because robots don't – they can't hurt. They're robots. Well, yeah, but still, like – But, like, when I was robots. a kid, I thought stormtroopers were robots because you oh, never saw their faces. So okay. all those stormtroopers who got shot up, and they had the thing on their back that looked like it said oil, so that, like, helped with the idea ah. of – I don't know. Well, that even was these robots, but... as soon as they get hurt, what do they get? They got taken right back. Yeah, they zip the back to the ship mm-hmm. and they are in a pile. But the only things that I saw come to any harm were robots. Mm-hmm. No humans yeah. actually came to harm at any point. But there's still a lot more guns. There's the it's laser true. swords. Mm-hmm. There's the blasters than than you would normally see. So I, I can see why that would be with some parents would be. Well, the difference is it's not a little. That isn't a laser. Why don't you have a laser, Woody? <laughs> Right. It wasn't that. No and it wasn't. It wasn't little yellow um, ping pong balls <laughs> or little Nerf balls shooting out of the thing either. So I, I see what you're saying. I didn't mm-hmm. think of that. I took all of my kids. Oh, this was probably the last movie we're all going to go to as the eight of us. Yeah. Because my son leaves <gasps> for so college crazy. this fall, and he's oh. going to do this thing all summer. So this is the last movie where we get a full invite for the family, mm-hmm. and so that's why we took a picture in front of it. Was like, oh, hey, this is it. our last as our current family. I just grown, claimed Brooke is my family up. and took her. Yeah, please. Brooke and Natalie. Go um, check her blog. So, but I, you know, as I was watching it, I realized, like, hey, you know, the 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 friend of mine who had the concerns, I was like, well, I guess we'll find out what my kids think of it. Mm-hmm. They didn't seem to think about it one way or the other. I didn't make a big deal out of it, mm-hmm. and I didn't think the movie made a big deal out of it. No. That's where I get a little bit irritated is when, uh, you know. Well, just on a personal Pushing level, agenda. well, it just when it feels like an agenda, this didn't feel like right. an agenda. You can't no. help but let the actual real world headlines creep in as a grown up. You know, there's uh, at one point they uh, with the whole thing with going with Disney and the stuff going on in Florida with the don't say gay bill and everything. You can't help but feel like there's some influence yeah. on that. But I, I didn't my, I, I didn't feel no, like it was I didn't feel like it was an agenda pushing other than the fact that it was no. in the movie. Yeah. And, and well, and this is the first Toy Story film that is rated PG instead of G. So like they were aware. Oh, of that yeah, as well. I guess that makes yeah. sense. So like, I never really parental guidance. under PG-13. It's all the same to me in a lot of ways. Same. same. <laughs> but you're right. General audiences versus mm-hmm. uh, PG. But yeah. So, you know, I, but there's nothing in it like 
unless you have a kid who's really sensitive to There's robot a jump violence scares and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, you, I guess you could get a nightmare from the vines that try to suck people underground. I don't know. <laughs> the devil snare from, you get a nightmare from, Harry from Potter. a lot of things. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're we're running out of time here today. Uh, is there anything else we kind of want to cover or tackle before we we kind of give our final? Well, D- Diaz, no the scene. the guy. I just want you to know, you know who that is, right? The voice of Diaz is uh, no, was uh, Pedro in uh, really? Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, I love when we could tie back to Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> anyway, just. And it's something Utah audiences would, would love. So, yes, there's a little Napoleon Dynamite connection in there. Do you have any final thoughts, Brooke, as a Disney fan, as a Disneylander? You know, I can totally see them maybe updating the Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters ride yeah. to this one, making it maybe more of a dark ride and continuing that element of, of gaming in it. Um, and also even just like some of the the launching of the spacecrafts, I can see them doing an overlay on, on Space Mountain. Oh, Space Mountain, absolutely. <laughs> oh, it can totally do an overlay. Or like even, we're, we're going to get totally nerdy here for a second. Um, <laughs> over at the launch bay right now, it's Star Wars, but a lot of those Star Wars characters oh. are now over at, uh, well, at Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, to Tomorrowland and go over to Galaxy's Edge. Right? And let's Tomorrowland just... can totally get a Toy Story reboot. Let's do a little more <laughs> Toy Story. Why not? Now that Buzz Lightyear is its own universe, and I want to meet the cat. Like, I want to meet Socks. Right? Oh, seriously. Yeah. Oh, that's, I'm sure that, that that's going to be hey, the merch from, since, from Lightyear. Since is oh, you're a cat. Disney oh, yeah. cast member, this is my one... This is my one complaint about meeting characters at Disneyland. Okay, so like I'm really literal, okay? <laughs> My first complaint was always that the voices, the animated characters, the voices are so important. And so when Mickey's always just waving at you and bobbing his head and patting you on the head because he can't there, talk. There's I know a talking Mickey. Mickey. Now there They're is, but there weren't. <laughs> I understand. Maybe the re-speecher that they're using for James Earl Jones in Obi-Wan Kenobi will be something that they can have hey. so you can speak and it'll come hey. out in Mickey Mouse's voice. I feel like we can't be that far away technology-wise. We've talked to Crush all this no, for they, years. They, it, it's coming. It's but coming. They, the, they've got it. It's coming. <laughs> the other thing is, just because, again, this is reality overriding <laughs> fantasy, Mickey Mouse should not be the same size as Peter Pan. <laughs> he shouldn't. <laughs> But he is. They've tried that before. Have you not seen the creepy, like original characters from the fifties? Oh, in the park, in the like in the like, old history short pictures. People to do it or something? No, it's weird. Like the person, like the character, ends at their shoulders, and like the person's head is in a hat and things like that. Go look up some of the old vintage nineteen fifties Disney park characters, and they're terrifying. I'm just saying. I realize <laughs> the real world implications, but you know, you've got. Belle, who looks like Belle because it's a person. You got Peter Pan, who looks like Peter Pan because it's a person. And then you got Mickey Mouse, who's like giant in relation. Like he ate the Alice in Wonderland food. (laughs) Yeah, well, because it's the food that makes you grow big and the drink that makes you go small. There's both. It depends. Well, and you're just, I'm sorry. Like, I am. People are going to kill me for this because Sarah Disney. When I posted my review of of Jungle Cruise last year and I didn't absolutely love it, the greatest thing ever, people went savage on me on the Facebook. I I did have to do my own review just to to counter counter on that one. And I did all the history of the park and Jungle Cruise because it's Adventureland and that's my favorite. I've been to Disneyland three times. I'm sorry that that's all. When you see the characters, though. Oh, my gosh. Andy. I know. I know. Ever? Ever. His, his kids have oh said I have to Okay, so, to so the first year that I worked at Disneyland, um, I kept all my So, yes, tickets. you beat me by your first like, week, okay? 
<laughs> so I kept all my park tickets from the days that I went on my days off, mm-hmm. and I calculated based on the days that I worked. There were 40 days that I was not in the parks my first year. That of first a calendar year? year? Uh-huh. Of a whole 365. Yeah. My, my. <laughs> See, not, that's totally me, too, so I would do that. But here's the thing about the characters, though. Even though I'm in my mid-30s and I know they're just actors, like 18-year-olds dressed up that are very lucky to be the size to fit the, the costume right. and whatnot. Right. You're standing in front of Mickey Mouse and it doesn't matter. Everything melts away. You are standing in front of Mickey Mouse. And you're at Mickey Mouse's house in Mickey Mouse's town. And it just all that kind of flutters away <laughs> as you're yeah. hugging your and childhood that's okay. character. That's okay. I am and not allowed to too. hug my favorite childhood character. Just it's, kidding. Because it's, it's a girl right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm like, because it's, cause it's uh, Darth Vader? Or no, like... no, 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 no. I just meant of Disney. Uh-huh. Okay. I would hug uh, Maid Marian from uh, Robin Hood. I kind of had a crush oh, yeah, on her when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I, I could see that. I, I, you know. She was a fox. I yeah, mean, Yeah, they were foxes, both of them. So, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, but, but for me, I'm the kind of the opposite. So you could have somebody with the greatest Luke Skywalker cosplay in the world. Mm -hmm. And I actually have a friend who's in the uh, FanX Hall of Fame who does an amazing Anakin and Luke cosplay. By the way, 15% off FanX uh, 2022 if you use KSL fans on the page. Wasn't it KSL 15? No, I think it's KSL fans. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, try one and then try the other. Try the other. (laughs) (laughs) But at any rate, um, but that would never matter how perfect the cosplay if it's Mark Hamill standing in front of me, that's Luke Skywalker. I, I know you can have great, like, whatever. Even if you, if, if he gets recast for a Disney live-action Star Wars show, mm-hmm. that will be cool. But unless it's Mark Hamill saying. So that's, that's so where char- I would the, struggle. the actor's part of the character. The to voice me is, is part of the yeah, character. So that's okay, why, okay. like, having Mickey be my size or bigger. Yes, I'm hugging Mickey, but I'm not hugging Mickey. Like, if I was hugging Mickey, he'd be like, a half a foot tall, have a squeaky high voice, and probably be animated. That's why Roger Rabbit was so cool. Love is Roger it felt Rabbit. like you could hug the cartoons because mm-hmm. they were there with you. Mm-hmm. And that's, I realize it's not real, but with holograms, so we've got to be getting close to let's this. Let's wrap this. Let's wrap this then. Would you hug <laughs> this version of Buzz Lightyear? Uh, no, because I wouldn't <laughs> hug the old version. You wouldn't hug the old version. I might uh, <laughs> give him five or something. <laughs> You do, the, you do the the infinity and the beyond infinity the finger and beyond finger touch. <laughs> okay, um, we are so over time today. Uh, is there anything else, Brooke? You want to mention before we before we take off for today? Uh, any other warnings for parents of small kids or anything like that? Oh, stay until the end of the end of the end. Even after <laughs> you think three you need to stand up, scenes. stay there. <laughs> I'm glad I was sitting next to her and she told me and I was like, what, what are you talking about? The movie's all the way done. They've had the logo and everything. And she's like, nope, nope, stay, stay, stay. Um, I loved it. I loved it even more, even after arguing with Andy. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> all right, where's my out? Where's my you out? You guys might have convinced me to like it a little more even after having sat down and break, yes. breaking it down. Well, as FanFX is a, a show for fans by fans, <laughs> that yes, makes me happy. All right, so thank you, Brooke, for for joining us today. I'm so glad I got to pick your brain about not just Disney uh, land, of course, but the character as well. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Fan Effect, a KSL News Radio podcast. Beyond sci-fi, fantasy, gaming, and tech, we are excited to share with you our knowledge 
and arguments on everything pop culture and fandom. Based in the beautiful Beehive State, FanFX celebrates Utah's unique fan culture, and we are excited to bring you local guests that feel the same way. Uh, I'm Kellyanne Halverson, your co-host and producer. Of course, we have Andy here today as well. Thank you for joining us, even if you were late. <laughs> Got her as quick as I could. Uh, you can listen regularly on your favorite platform at kslnewsradio.com, at kslpodcast.com, or on the KSL News Radio app. Do you have a fun idea or local fan culture topic you would like us to explore? Um, let us know. Message us on Facebook page. It's probably where we're the most active socially. I like to share news of the day on there. And that's at Fan Effect Show. You can also get the latest nerdly updates there and, and join the conversation. I'm doing better on Instagram at Fan Effect Show and sharing some news on Twitter at Fan Effect Show. And just thanks again for listening. And we hope to have you again real soon for another episode of Fan Effect. daughter for taking very unflattering pictures of me for Instagram. <laughs> a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.